worship around a little bit. If it's okay with you, we're just going to pull up a chair and talk to you for a few minutes about family. Is that okay? Because um, there's some family problems in America, in case you don't know that. In case you don't know what gender you are. Don't tell me to preach because I'll make it real plain. I'll embarrass some of y'all. I'll give you the formula. I've given you the formula before, and I just might as well go ahead and give it to you again. If I can do it, rated G. Here's the formula. She speaks pretty plain sometimes. I hope she can do it. Here's the formula. G equals V, B equals P. You'll figure it out later. Which side do you want me on? I can pick. I want you to, to scoot, up, scoot up on the edge of your seat for just a minute. We're going to focus on the family today. You know, God has a sense of humor because you probably married somebody who's not exactly like you. Now, the longer you live together... We are a miracle in motion because we work together 24-7. I don't know that there's ever been a day that he said, oh, wow, I can't wait for Rita to come home from work because I'm in the car with him. Our marriage might be healthier if we didn't work together 24-7. But one thing about it, you better learn to love each other and respect each other um, we learned a lot from my parents. Uh, they were both um, bulls, bulls, leaders, chiefs, but I watched them in their marriage. They learned when to kick, because if you're both kicking at the same time, you kick each other's brains out. So, you know, if you're living in the same stall, you learn when to kick and when not to kick. And the older you get, you realize some of the things you kicked about when you were younger, is just not really worth it. Just, just not really worth it. And I, you know, we solved our financial problems a long, long time ago. He loves to golf. He loves to fly. Those things are expensive. Um, so I just... And whatever he spends, I just spend double. And we're peaceful. So if you want to play golf, and a round of golf is 150 bucks at a nice course, great. It means I got 300 smacks I get to go spend. So look at God. Okay, slide up on the edge of your seat. Slide up on the edge of your seat, because here's the truth. God has a sense of humor, and he did not make us carbon copies. But that's where the problem begins. So I'm just going to read some things to you, and if the statement I read fits you, then I want you to stand up. You love a crowd, and you're energized by people. You're an extrovert. It's <laughs> on what day it is. Okay, now look at those side of you who are not standing up. If this is you, you would rather spend time alone or with a close friend because people usually wear you out. Woo, see, looking at them people. Some of them extroverts are worn out. Y'all, y'all been partying too much and you don't like the folks you're hanging out with. Are, are you, okay, be seated. Are you a leaper? You take risk. You want to jump on an opportunity before it's too late. Yes. 
You need to stand up on, on top of that chair. <laughs> or are you a looker? You're much more cautious. You're carefully check things out before making a decision. You need to sit down. No. Lies. Your staff said lies over here. Some of us, some of us on his staff would be leapers if he just didn't leap so far. We have to be looking and saying, dear God, where has he gone? All right, sit back down. Are you an outliner? You look at the big picture. You look in terms of things getting done. I'm going to have to stand up. Or are you a detailer? You look at the nuts and bolts. Your concern is how to get things done. See, I know y'all, some of y'all are uh, a dichotomy. Okay, here's one. This is going to call the saints from the ain'ts. When there's extra money, you spend it on yourself, others, worthy causes, or anything. You're a spender. Monty Bell's your kind of, my kind of man. <laughs> Woo! Hank Brown's marriage is in trouble. We've got two spenders standing up on the same platform. Woo, <laughs> Jessica and, and, and Beaver. See, y'all are equally yoked. Or are you a saver? You want to put money away for a rainy day. You don't want to spend it unless it's important. Now, see, that's true in your life unless that's your project. If it's his project, all bets are off. Are you a planner? Structure, structure, structure. Everything is organized. Your life is neatly packaged. You like schedules and deadlines. Yes, that would be me. Or do you just go with the flow? You take things as they come. You're spontaneous and laid back. Loose ends don't bother you because you just believe everything will work out. All of y'all who are standing up cause us migraines. Are you a scurrier? You are always busy. Speed and efficiency are your watchwords. You accomplish as many goals as fast as you can. My mother needs to be on her feet raising both hands and speaking in tongues over there. You are not a scurrier. Sometimes. If it's my project. We're going to have an altar. If it's my project. He's lying. Adam says you're lying. And he's known you for a few years. Or do you just take your time and set your own pace? Might not do as much as a scurrier, but you enjoy what you do. Won't you go? You're an ambler. Stand up. No. <laughs> Something just blew a tire back here. Sounded like it. Literally, it sounded like a tire just blew. Are you a thinker? You focus on facts and principles. You base decisions on objective data. You are task-oriented. I'm going to have to stand up on that one. I am definitely task-oriented. Or are you a feeler? You focus on people and emotions. You're relationship-oriented. Woo, bunch of y'all people. Don't, y'all don't even like people. <laughs> it's a good thing we get along together. Are you a dreamer? You are creative and love to come up with ideas. You're optimistic and future-driven. Yes, y'all, some of y'all being honest. You dreamers. Or are you a worker? You're practical. You take others' ideas and make them happen. You tend to be realistic and focus on the present. You know, dreamers versus workers. Some of us could dream more if some of you dreamers would be a little more detail-oriented. And all the workers said, yes. Okay, this is going to call the saints from the ain'ts right here. Are you a, I'm going to call you a collector. 
you gather things. You hate to throw things away because you just might need it one day. Please stand up. Or are you a tosser? You get rid of things. You hate clutter. You trust that if you haven't used it sometime recently, you don't need to use it. Woo! Just this, just this past week in our media room, we were changing cabinets out, and, and Nelson spilled a whole little drawer full of all these little nuts and bolts and stupid gadgets. And he looked at me, he said, I feel the dumpster calling. I said, you are my kind of man. I said, we have 55,000 screws and nails in this church. And every time we have a new project, do we use those? No, we go buy new ones. But the dock is loaded. If you're going to put a deck in, please come see us. Don't go buy them. I'll give them to you. Sold. See, I can set you free. I'm going to send all that stuff to your house, Kay. Judd, Judd and I... Judd and I will both admit it. We are hoarders. <laughs> okay, last one. Are you a juggler? You can multitask and deal with many things simultaneously. Thank God for multitaskers. Or are you a holder? You can deal with only one, maybe two things at a time. If you try to do more than that, you become stressed and overwhelmed. <laughs> you just end up on either one of those. Which one are you? Both. No, you're a holder. Both. It depends on the scenario. So you can see um, that we are better together, but he made us different. And I don't know why he made opposites to attract, but it's like he says, okay, so you think you like that person, you want to work for that person, you want to move in and live with that person. Now, God bless you, and y'all go work it out. And then you'll have kids. Who are the opposite of you? And if you are a parent who's unorganized and you have an organized child, or if you are a parent who's organized and you, you have this beautiful bouncing child that comes into your life who finds their being in the middle of mess, then you are their worst nightmare. And your home is a hot mess. But hey, he just says work it out. Work it out. Look work it out, baby. Say, work it out. Work it out. Oh, come on, tell them like you mean it. Look at your neighbor and say, work it out. <laughs> so this is Family Worship Month. So I want to preach to you. Here I go. Focus on your family. Focus on your family. Focus on your family. You want to have a ministry? You cannot have a ministry if you don't focus on your family. Your family is your first ministry. Did you hear me? Your family is your first ministry. So focus on your family. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about relationship. It's all, it's about, all relationship. about relationship. I don't know why people go through their whole life and never understand that it's about relationship. God created us for relationship. He created man in his own image. And he said, man needs a helper. Now, some folks say that he a looked... A helper to toss away your things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got that. I got that. Now, some folks say that God looked at man and said, I can do better, and he made woman. And the church said, 
Amen. So he created woman out of man. And he said, now, Adam, you get to name everybody everything. So he looked at Eve and goes, whoa, man. <laughs> Thus she became, whoa, man. And that's been his problem for centuries now. <laughs> that is one of the problem of men. But we have to focus on the family. The highest calling that you have, right. gentlemen, in your life yeah. is your spouse, your family, your right. kids. Right. And mom and dad together, the highest calling you have in your life is your family. If you don't take care of your family, you are going to have problems. Right. We need to take care of those that God has entrusted to our care. The foundation of what the Bible set forth for a home is being challenged on every front today in America and around the world. Controversy, conflict. We are living in the day where the Bible says in Isaiah, woe unto them when they, be called, when they begin to call good evil and evil good. We are living in that day. Christians have become the enemies. They say we are dangerous because of our foundational biblical beliefs. Homes are exploding and they are eroding. But the Bible still teaches us. Ephesians 5 verse 23 through 25 says, The husband provides leadership to his wife the way, that's key right there, the way Christ does to his church. So husbands, we are to provide leadership to our wives the way Jesus did. He is our model. And we do that not by domineering, but by cherishing. Look at your wife and say, I love you. I love you too. Say it like you mean it. Come on, say it like you mean it. Don't just say it. Don't say it with sarcasm. These are P PDAs. <laughs> yeah, this is just, this is free. Look at your wife and say, hey, baby, I love you. I love you. You mean the world to me. Really. I know. Are you supposed to be doing that <laughs> right now? This is not an observation thing. This is a participatory thing. You're supposed to be doing that. So scripture, again, Ephesians 5. Husbands, the husband provides leadership to the wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should submit to their husbands. Now, some guys, that's the only part of that whole verse they see. That's the only part they see. And our American stereotype culture thinks that the husband is supposed to lord over her, beat her down. She's the servant. Bring you your shoes and your food and whatever it is. That's not what this is talking about. You've got to get the whole scripture, the whole context. So it says, So just as the church submits to Christ, as he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Husbands, get this part, don't miss this. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. When's the last time you went all out? Valentine, 1989. Oh, no, it was 2002. February, 2000. 
When was the last time you went all out? When Papa Ratch came into Mamo's life, he put all of us on our toes. I mean, the flowers he sends, the one-liners and everything, we have to step back up. Because some of us, present company included, come on, guys, some of us had been slacking. Oh, y'all yeah, getting, his first. Y'all getting quiet They were now. not even married. His first card to her with the flowers said, my soul belongs to Jesus, but my heart belongs to you forever. And I showed it to Adam, and he said, I'm going to send that to Olivia. That's good. <laughs> so we're still in Ephesians 5. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church. Jesus went all out yes, in his love for us. A love marked by giving, not getting. See, men's always just worried about what they can get. Don't shout me down. Y'all got real quiet. The Bible says, a love marked by giving, not by getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out in her. So we need to focus on the family. And we have a mission as a church. You should have a mission as a family. Submission means to be under the mission. Husbands, if there is no godly mission in your home, there is nothing to submit to. Oh, do I need to say that one again? Husbands, what is your mission? If there is no godly mission in your home, there is nothing to submit to. Children, let's hit all let's hit all aspects now. Let's get we got the daddies, we're gonna get the mamas, get the babies. All right, children, are you listening? All the children say amen. Amen. We're all children. Okay. <laughs> Little children. Littles. Is this just for littles? <laughs> this is littles. Feet, well, is this, we're, no, we're all children. We're all children. I intend to stay long on the earth. Okay. Ephesians six, verse three. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you let me read it again if you honor your father and mother things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth so if you honor your father and mother you'll live long things go well for you parents let's hit all the family parents ephesians 6 verse 4 and 5 fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them Rather, bring them, up in the dis bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. So don't, don't provoke your children to anger, to wrath. Raise them up, nurture them, instruct them, teach them in the ways of the Lord. So honor in the home is required. We should all respect each other. Each other. Every member of the family, there should be respect for each other. Show admiration for each other. Celebrate each other. Right. Stop the insults. Stop the sarcasm. How many know this is family worship month? It's time to stop the breakdown in the home. Amen? So as we focus on the family, it's time to overcome the world system. When you look at the world system, the world system is filled with sin, wickedness, and immorality. 
those things have no place in your home. Right. Immorality on any level has no place in your home. We need to have a sanctification of our homes. The world system is selfishness. The world system is the opposite of wholeness. But I found a little passage of scripture that is loaded. So today when you go home, just read Ephesians 4, 22 through 32. I'm going to just summarize it for you. Everything connected with our old life has to go. If we want to have a healthy home. So many times we've seen, you know, young couples get married. He wants to hang with the boys every night. No, you gave up the boys. Live a spirit-filled life, righteous and holy, and your home will be changed. It goes on to say, stop telling lies. Yeah. Stop letting anger control you. It goes on to say, anger gives the devil a foothold in your life. In that passage of scripture, it says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Some of y'all probably hadn't slept in 10 days if you didn't go to bed angry. Now, all of us church people have been guilty of having a little disagreement on the way to church, putting on our church face, and we finish it up afterwards. We're done. Unless you get a little older and you're like, it's not even worth it. It's just not even worth it. The, the scriptures goes on to say, stop stealing, work hard, get a job, give generously. It goes on to exhort us, watch the way you talk. He mentioned sarcasm. Sometimes our, our sense of humor gets too edgy and it hurts. You should never make fun of anything that somebody cannot change. That's right. Your jokes should never deface anybody in your house. So even though you, you pop a funny and everybody laughs, it hurts on the inside. So we need to watch our words. Let me jump in there too. When you're with other folks, don't deface your wife or your kids in front of them. No, because you chose them. So you can get a laugh because it cuts to the soul. Yes. So it tells us to watch the way we talk. Stop using foul or abusive language. Foul and abusive language has no place in your home. There are all kinds of abuse, but the most common kind of abuse is verbal. And I'm going to tell you, woman, I'm going to tell you, sir, you are nobody's doormat. You do not have to live with verbal abuse. You put a stop to it, you dedicate your house, and if they can't play, you put their stuff on the street in a garbage bag. After you've prayed, and put prayer cloths under their bed. Be an encourager. We should be in our homes... Our, our kids and our, the people that we live with, the people that we choose to do life with, the people in this room that we're doing life with, we should be encouragers to everyone that we see. Because there's enough junk in the world. There's enough negative. There's, there's anger. There's hatred. There's bitterness. There's, there's just nastiness everywhere you go in the world. So just take a moment and be nice to somebody. Just be an encourager. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit by our life choices. Ephesians 4 goes on to tell us life is a gift. Don't take it for granted. Be gentle and sensitive with each other. Forgive one another quickly and completely. Here's the deal. The Bible is our guidebook. It's not a book of suggestions. It's a book of commandments. And we either follow them or we pay the consequences. 
So it's time to focus on the family, it's time to overcome world systems, and it's time to communicate and commit for life. Family is not a temporary thing. And communication is the key. Communicate, 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 communicate. And do it with love. I thought I'd get at least one amen right there. Do it with love. Scripture says in Proverbs verse 12, chapter 12, sorry, verse 18, Speak without thinking and your words can cut like a knife. Be wise and your words can heal. So we should celebrate the gifts that God has placed in your life. Right. Let me tell you a good reason why. What you don't celebrate will eventually leave your life. Right. Oh, you didn't hear me. What and, and you they, don't they celebrate. They can leave and still live in the same house with you. But what you don't celebrate will eventually leave your life. Celebrate the gifts that God has placed in your life. Your family are gifts to you. Acknowledge and work on changing your weaknesses. We all have some. Right. Work on changing your weaknesses. Every time you point your finger at somebody else, there's three more pointed back at you. So acknowledge and work on changing your weaknesses. Remember, you are not always right. I know you think you are. You believe you're on press. But you are not always right. So don't bolt when the going gets rough. Stay. What if you had stayed? What if you stay? Anybody can leave. Anybody can bolt and run. Anybody can go. But what would happen if you stay and work through the challenges? So how do I do that? Here's a good tip. Spend quality time. Not time. Not you on your device. And her on hers. Put the device under the bed somewhere. Put it in the drawer. Turn it off. Spend quality time. Look in each other's eyes. You forgot what color her eyes are because you ain't looked in so long. Spend quality time. And then make the required changes in your own life. And then understand that accountability is always the right answer. As a matter of fact, the more accountable you are, the less accountable you have to be. That's right. That's right. If there's stuff on your phone that you don't want her to see, there's a problem. there is a problem, Houston. And vice versa. If there's something in your phone that he can't see, there's a problem. there is a problem. I thought I'd get more than those three amens right there. Yeah, you should know all the passcodes. Oh, yeah. To absolutely. your person's life. Matter of fact, I have to go to her to get my passcode. <laughs> if y'all need passcodes for pretty much anybody in my family, they're all on my phone. So uh, just call me if you need them. So let's focus on the family, overcome the world system, com communicate and commit for life, and then let's learn to undergird each other. In Psalm 127 and 1, we read these words If God doesn't build a house, the builders only build shacks. We have to deal with our family baggage, and everybody, every family has baggage. You go to all these beautiful wedding venues, and you see the, the, the young man and the young lady or the older man and the older lady getting married. But it's not just, it's a whole family deal happening. 
There may only be two standing there, but when you get in that house together, his parents are there and her parents are there. And if it's not the first marriage, it's the in-laws and the outlaws and the ex-laws and all, all the laws are in the house and all the stuff you've gone through it, because it becomes part of the fabric of our lives. We have to learn to deal with baggage and not carry it from season to season to season. If you don't choose to love again, you may have been through a bitter divorce, one that you didn't deserve or maybe one that you did deserve. It doesn't really matter. God has forgiven. But if you don't learn to love again and trust again, you may lose the love of your life. Same thing, you see people that, you know, I, I love God, but I, I'm done with the church. I was, I was hurt at the church. Well, you've been hurt at the bar, but you still go. You've been cut off in traffic, but you still drive. Yeah, say that. You've opened an apple. You've been into an apple with a bug in it or a worm in it, but you still eat apples. There's some sorry good-for-nothing doctors, but you probably still go. We had a plumber one time that... <laughs> really took advantage of us, but if the if the but if you need a plumber, you're gonna call a plumber. You, you better call one. So we have to just learn to deal with our baggage from season to season. If we don't if we don't put our walls down and love you, because we've been hurt by some just like you. See, the ones that pastors love the most sometimes are the ones who leave without saying a word. And they might send you a text, Lord's changing my season. We don't know where we're going. We're just going. That's another whole lesson for later. And you've probably been hurt by leadership because there's some out-of-order leaders, yep. very out-of-order leaders. But if we don't learn to trust again and try to make this thing work, then we're missing out on the miracle of God's body and his church. We have to learn to not let irregular people, that doesn't mean people who have IBS, um, I just want to make y'all laugh. But there are irregular people who come into our lives. It can be your mama. It can be your mom-in-law. It can be your daddy. It can be somebody you work with. It's just that person who's like sandpaper. It's like a forever emery board in you your life. You can't please them no matter what. And if you are, you just, we just have to learn that they cannot ruin our lives and they cannot ruin our days. And it's okay to draw some lines. Yeah. It's okay. Because your personal peace is very important. Yeah. And, and, we, and we, yeah. we bring home, you know, if, if we, we bring home the stress of dealing with people and we start yelling at the kids and we yell at each other when our problem's not with each other. It's been with outside junk. We need to learn to be flexible with each other, to be patient with each other. I am a child advocate. I have always been, the, the, if I'm shopping anywhere and I hear a child crying, I'm pretty sure you've abused that child. Pretty sure. I'm pretty judgmental when it comes to that. However, um, you know, after you have kids, you're like, I'm going to abuse you if you don't hush. <laughs> Not really. Not really, No. But we have to learn to be patient with each other. What I don't like is parents who demand things of kids that they're not willing to do. Now, you demand them to say, yes, ma'am, and no, sir, but do you treat them with respect? Are you talking down to them like they're a piece of trash? 
See, our families are God's gift to us. Yeah. It's how we learn to do life. We need to practice forgiveness. We need to be big enough as parents to say to our kids, hey, I messed up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't handle it correctly. You caught me in a stressful moment. I said something I, sh- I, I should, not, should not have said, and I'm sorry. Give each other a clean slate. We spoke to our teenagers the other night on a clean slate. And, you know, the Bible says that if you're new in, a creature in Christ and everything is new, but he's the only way we get a clean slate. Because the truth is, that beautiful baby that's born into this world is born into family junk and a family history. So that child, we told our teenagers, you have to, to work on getting a clean slate with Jesus Christ because when you're born into the world, we don't even really get a clean slate. It should be a clean slate then. But we're born into alcoholic grandfathers. We're born into abusive uncles. We're born into attitudes that we didn't know anything about until we start growing up. So we need to, in our homes, learn to give our families a clean slate. We need to learn the power of drawing the bloodline. Yes. And stopping the curses. You know, we have that authority. Yes. We have that God-given authority to draw a bloodline and say, you're not coming over the threshold of this house. I may have been born into this mess, but this mess no longer rules and reigns in my life. And I have learned that whatever you let dominate will dominate. Whatever you continue to discuss, it will dominate. Whatever you, whatever you deify and put on the throne, it will rule and reign in your life. We need to give each other a clean slate, and we need to focus on the strengths of others and not their weaknesses because they are gifts. So focus on your family. Overcome the world systems one day at a time. Communicate and commit for life. Undergird each other. And then we are to serve with excellence. The Bible says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with thanksgiving. Luke 6.31, what we would call the golden rule, do for others what you want them to do for you. Treat others like you want to be treated, not like you've been treated. Everybody in here has been done wrong at one time or another. Let's pay it forward. Let's treat others right. Let's go the extra mile. Let's turn the cheek. Let's do what God would have us to do. Let's do what Jesus tells us to do. Let's serve with excellence. And if we'll do that and start in our home, start with our own family, it will make a difference. A home where Christ is magnified has unity. It has increase. It has blessings. It won't be problem-free. There are always going to be problems, conflict, confusion where there are, where there are people right. but we can overcome father serve your family with excellence treat your family right you are the priest of the home you are charged to be the most spiritual one amen you are charged to lead you ought to pray more you ought to fast more you ought to be the one that says to the family we are going to church we are going to be in the house of the lord as for me in my house we will serve the lord you should lead the way for too long in the christian church the women have led the way thank god they have because men have been awol but it's time for men to lead. It's time for men to be the spiritual priest of their home and the spiritual warriors in the kingdom of God. Could I get a ruah? Amen.
Invest time in your family. Anything that you invest time in will flourish, will increase. How much time are you spending with your family? You can't spend seven minutes once a week and think that's enough. With your kids, with your wife. Invest time. Circumstances change. People die. Children grow up. Everything changes, but your love should not change. We have no guarantee of the morrow. The Bible says life is a vapor. In the book of James, life is a vapor that appears for a little while, and then what? Vanishes away. It's like a cloud. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. That's how life is. It's moving by very, very fast, very quickly. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. But how you treat people determines your impact in this world. How you treat people. How are you treating others? How are you treating those in your world, those in your family? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So as I said, life is all about relationship. Psalm 34, 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. together. Together we are better. Together we are building strong homes and waging war on the enemy. Together we are overcomers through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Together we are stronger. We are better. Together. They're going to put a declaration up on the screens. I want you, if you have your communion elements, we're just going to combine this part of the message um, if you don't have communion, if you'll get your hands in the air quickly, our bridge builders will get you some. I don't even think Pastor's got any up here. Do you have some? Mm-mm. I'll give you just a say. There's Judd. He's got you some. Pastor Shirley drafted this declaration for our family. You can receive it. Um, open that, baby. On the way out the door, the bridge builders will have it for you when you um, exit the building. But as we take communion today, And remember that Christ is the head of our homes. We are believing for household miracles in this season. Household miracles. Some of you have adult children you've been praying over. And we're just just putting all of our declarations in these stones that she preached so eloquently on last Sunday. The Bible says... To declare a thing and it will be established for you and often when you're desperate you go into a prayer closet and you start begging God to do something you don't have to beg God to do anything if you understand it's already a completed work he has already done everything he's going to do in the earth it's finished he said on the cross it is finished so you our part is just to define what our it is so you have to figure out this is my it this is what I'm calling done this is what I'm I'm done with I'm I'm drawing a line so you don't have to go into a prayer closet and be all pitiful and just beg God to answer your prayers if you're living in relationship with him and you're living in covenant with him the Bible says it's his sheer pleasure to answer your prayers, to bring you help, to bring you sustenance, to prosper you, to bless you. It's, it's why he died on the cross. He died for your life benefit package. 
He didn't die just to save your soul. He died so you could have life more abundant. But you have to describe, you have to declare what is more abundant in your life. So when we're thinking about this month and we're putting our request down here, take some of these things home, put it in your Bible, put this declaration that you received today on the way out of the house in your Bible. Declare it over your family. Yes, yes. Every day. I've been hearing two words in my spirit for so, so long. And it's just been watch God. Watch God. And if you'll turn your eyes toward Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth grow strangely dim. You'll see the light of his glory and his grace. When you look at his glory and his grace, he says, just come into agreement with what I've already done for you. Just receive what I've already done for you. So let's make this declaration together. Because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I claim my entire household shall be saved according to Acts 16, 31. I declare that my family is blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. My children shall be mighty on the earth, for the generation of the upright are blessed. Watch what you're declaring. Look what you're saying over your family. I declare every spiritual blessing. I'm not leaving one unturned. I want the whole enchilada. From index to maps, I want it all. Yes, yes. According to Isaiah 8, 18, I and my children shall be as signs and wonders in the earth. I declare miraculous demonstrations to be released on our behalf and through our lives. Do you believe that? My children are a gift from the Lord. I declare that goodness and mercy shall follow them all the days of their lives. Always. Always and forever. My children are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. I declare that they are made for war and created for victory and dominion. Yes. You better pray that over them when they're walking in these crazy schools right now. Yes, yes. And your crazy school may be a Christian school. There are assignments in every school, you understand. Demons are no respecter of places where they go unless they have been uninvited. Cast out. The Lord keeps my family from falling and presents us blameless before the presence of the Father's glory with exceeding joy in Jesus' name. Yes. I declare that my family and my household are blessed in everything we do and everywhere we go. In Jesus' name. The Lord has established our household as his own. He causes us to succeed. The Lord surrounds my family with favor as a shield. You need to get that declaration in your spirit. 
My yes, family is yes. covered yes. with a hedge of favor. Our strong tower is favor. Amen. Wow. No, no weapon, weapon formed, formed against, against us as a family, family prospers. What the, the Lord has blessed, no man can curse. Do you believe what you're saying? Yes, yes, yes. I declare that my family lives under the shadow of the Almighty. No evil intention of the enemy or plan for disease or catastrophe can come near our dwelling. In Jesus' name. Look at what you just declared. This is why you need to tuck it in your Bible. You need to put it on your refrigerator. You need to put it on your bathroom mirror and declare a thing. As, As for, for me and my, my house, I declare that we put God first. We obey the word of God. We love the house of the Lord. Yes. Make that declaration. We are faithful in our giving. And, and we committed are committed to, to love, love one, one another. another. Wow. I kept, um, we kept Josiah for a few nights last week while Brittany and Brian went to Nashville for a kids conference. And I'm going to give a shout out to my daughter. She brought his, his lunch stuff over. Um, everything was laid out for me to do. It was easy to do. It's just like putting a piece of a puzzle together. But the first morning that we were fixing Josiah's lunch for school, he was digging out of the snack bag and the stuff that his mommy had prepared for him. And I saw him get a note out, D, because she had put a note in there for every morning. And he got the note out and put it in his lunchbox. Just a note of encouragement because not everybody in his class has a note in their lunchbox. Just little things to let your kid know, hey, you're number one in my book. I'm praying for you. I confess that my children, children are seekers of wisdom and understanding. They hold fast to your word and to your ways. Yes, we declare it in Jesus. I declare that we are worshipers who love the presence of God and find our home in him. Do you believe what you have confessed? Yes. Take the communion and the elements now. Father, according to your word, yes. you have told us that you broke the bread with your disciples and you said, this is my body that's been crushed and bruised and broken for you. You took a cup and you shared with them and you said, this is representative of my blood that I shed for you. My blood that brings healing that brings salvation, that brings wholeness, that brings health to your life. So, Father, in these, these moments, we have made a declaration over our families. We have dedicated this month, and we are declaring your word over our homes, over our marriages, over our businesses, over yes, this church, yes, yes. over the cars that we drive, over the desks that we work at over the clothes that we wear, over the groceries that we buy. Yes. Father, we decree and declare health and wholeness yes. over our lives. Yes. Yes. And we can do that because of your body 
and your blood. So now in this most holy moment, we take this bread, this symbol of your body and your blood, and we just take moments in your presence to say, thank you. Yes, Father, thank you. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Praise Him. Praise Him for your miracle. Praise Him for your family. Praise Him for what He's doing in your life, in your family, in your business, in your home. Father, we thank You. We thank You. We praise You. We thank You for total healing. We thank You, Lord. You are good to us. You are holy. You are righteous. You are healer. You are miracle worker. You are the mountain mover. You are the giant killer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We praise you, Father. We thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for honoring your word. We thank you for teaching us truth. We thank you for leading us step by step. We thank you for ordering our steps. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you do have a plan and a purpose for our life. We thank you, Lord, for the great things that are ahead. We thank you for our destiny, for our devil-conquering destiny. We give you praise. We give you thanks. Hallelujah. Now begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Begin to worship him. Just let him flow through you right now. Father, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you and worship you. We honor you and bless you. 